After listening to the news and hearing a story about some crisis or controversy, it's easy for people to think someone should do something about that. But it's rare to find anyone who will think, I should do something about that. Hi, I'm Bryant Wright with Sin Relief. This is what makes Randy Babin so unique. Randy is a retired Southern Baptist missionary living in Marshall, Texas. And one Sunday several years ago, when he was visiting a Hispanic church in town, he unexpectedly came face to face with one of the most talked about news stories in America. He met immigrants who'd come here illegally. However, these immigrants now wanted to do the right thing and become legal residents of the U.S. Randy was not a lawyer, and so it didn't occur to him right then and there. But after seeing the need and then seeing it over and over again, he recognized a gospel opportunity and he decided, I should do something about this. What Randy did turned into one of the hardest things he's ever done and one of the best things he's ever done. Here now is Randy's story of hope. When you meet a person for the first time, some things are easy to see. For instance, when you meet Randy Babin, it's very clear he is not from Mexico, and he is not Hispanic. I came from southwest Louisiana, Lake Charles, Louisiana is my hometown, and I took Spanish in high school just because I needed a foreign language, and so, yeah, I know how to order off of a menu at the Mexican restaurant. There is then what Randy appears to be on the outside. And then there's what Randy feels like on the inside. I began to, you know, visit some of those homes where, of course, a, a great number of people are Hispanic and they became good friends with me. And I, I guess some of that just got built into my system. This is a story about what happened when a white-skinned, gray-haired Southern Baptist missionary stumbled onto a hidden community of families who, as it turns out, didn't want to hide anymore. We were restarting a new Hispanic congregation, and I got to know some of the members of the congregation. And, you know, every once in a while, I would uh, ask one of them a little bit about their history. Well, you know, how did you come to the United States and why did you come? The kind of the normal things that you would ask people. And often they would just kind of look at me like they didn't understand me. And I couldn't figure out, you know, why the hesitancy to answer until the pastor um, one day said, Randy, don't ask those questions. And he explained to me that for most people, they were here illegally. And I said to him, oh, okay, well, let's find a way to help them. Let's, let's figure out a way to help. And his answer was, well, I'm just gonna tell you, it's harder than you think. It is 532 miles from Marshall, Texas to the Mexico border. Through the years, that number has remained unchanged. And yet today, Mexico feels much closer to Marshall than it used to. 
1960, uh, the census said that 70% of the folks in Marshall were white Anglo. And another 29 were African American, and about 1% were other. All right. But now the numbers are like 36% African American, 34% Hispanic, and 25, 26% Anglo. And the predictions are by 2030, it's going to be 40% are better Hispanic. It's very possible that no one has studied those numbers as closely as Randy Babin. In 1985, Randy began work as a missionary in Marshall, Texas. His job was to help start new churches here. And that's how he ended up at that Hispanic church on that Sunday morning, struggling to make awkward conversation while, at the same time, unaware of the immigration elephant in the room. When I became a director of missions and the Hispanic migration began to hit East Texas, my primary concern was get this congregation up and going and, and, and rolling because I just had a, a, a real desire to see these people, um, you know, come to know Christ as Savior. The other part, you know, came on later. When Randy says the other part, he's referring to the question he asked that day. What can I do to help? And he's referring to the answer that he heard. It's harder than you might think. And ultimately, when he says the other part, he's referring to everything that happened next. You know, we needed some way to help these these people. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a biblical concern for me because the Bible reminded the Hebrew people, hey, you were strangers out there. You know what it's like to be treated like a stranger. So when those folks come under your tent and into your community, you treat them better than the way that you were treated. And so we needed to be able to reach out to them and say, all right, you made a mistake. You're here. Is there something that we can do to help you now? So. I started the process. Randy's process began with research. He Googled and he called people. He read everything he could find. He turned up lots of rules and red tape and regulations. And finally, on the U.S. Department of Justice's webpage, he uncovered the page he was looking for. Helping people with immigration matters is actually against the law unless you are an attorney or a person that's called an accredited representative with the Department of Justice. And so they've provided this way for nonprofit organizations to become recognized and for people in that organization to become representatives to help families stay united, which means helping people become legal permanent residents. Uh, so you have to, you know, give credit to the United States government. They want people to immigrate uh, legally. They want them to do the right thing. And they've provided this way to do that. But it's a very challenging process. And it was something that I didn't think that I would have time to do. So because the last thing he needed was another job title, Randy at this point did what any other overwhelmingly busy adult would do. 
He started looking for someone else who'd be willing to jump through all the hoops required to become a Department of Justice accredited representative. I began looking for somebody uh, to, that might be interested in taking on that, that kind of a ministry. But it was, unsurprisingly, a very hard sell. I just started, you know, asking people along the way, and I'm, I'm talking about over about a five-year period. I, you know, I prayed and I sought and I asked, and nothing was coming up. And so one day, about five years later, this pastor walked up to me and he said, Randy, this seems to be your passion. Um, have you prayed about you taking this role on? And I said, no, I can't do that. Where am I going to fit this in? And he said, you just need to think about it and pray about it a little bit more. So I thought about it and prayed about it and said, okay, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, I'm ready to plunge in. So that's basically my story of how I got started and um, what I've been doing ever since. Randy attended conferences. He signed up for special training. He read pages and pages of material, and he filled out questionnaires and documents and forms and applications. And then, in 2014, Randy Babin became a U.S. Justice Department accredited representative. In plain English, that means he became the man that families in Marshall, Texas went to see when they wanted to legally remain and reside in America. I explain it to people like this, the way you come into the United States, the major way you come into the United States is because somebody wants you to be here, either an employer or a family member. So family immigration, there has to be a, a person who's already a legal permanent resident or a citizen that has a family member that they want to come into the United States to become a legal permanent resident. And so we petition the United States Immigration uh, Citizen and Immigration Services, we petition them uh, to allow that, that to happen. That's the beginning point. And then the next step to become citizens. Now, seven years later, Randy has helped Mexicans and Nicaraguans and Brazilians and Cambodians all navigate the confusing world of U.S. immigration. He is officially retired as a Southern Baptist missionary, but he's not retired from mission work. Because, as it turns out, leading people to do the right thing can be a powerful thing. It's a, it's a biblical concern for me, again, for the fact that many of these people um, do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. But these folks are, are good people and they want to do the right thing. And so we need to be able to reach out to them and say, you know, we can, we can help you. And, and, and then many people will ask me, say, well, why are you helping us? Why are you, why are you doing this? And so it opens up doors of conversation, gospel conversations, because I have that opportunity to say, the major reason why we do this is because God loves you and the Bible tells us this is what we need to do.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories of Hope. If you'd like to learn more about how to do what Randy's doing, you can go to the website for the U.S. Department of Justice, that's justice.gov, and search for Legal Access Process. And if you'd like still more practical tips on how you and your church can meet needs and change lives of internationals who are coming to our communities, you can visit Sin Relief online at sinrelief.org. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to Stories of Hope. You'll automatically get a new episode every two weeks. Go to Apple or Spotify podcast and search for Stories of Hope. And finally, if you've liked what you've heard here today, rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. This is Bryant Wright with Sin Relief. Join me in two weeks for another episode of Stories of Hope.